<laughs> Match week, who knows what, as we have makeup games galore. Liverpool victorious against Arsenal. Stay in sight, striking distance of Manchester City for the Premier League lead. Arsenal go one for two as they stay busy with another game this past week at Villa Park, which they took all three points from. Tottenham place themselves right back in the top four discussion after moving up to fifth place, officially three points off Arsenal for the final Champions League spot. All that and everything from Wolves' collapse to Leicester's worldly goals. This is the Premiership Perusal Podcast. Manchester City are still alive here. Balotelli, Aguero! Back, Fuchs. And the ball in behind Damian Bunny! It's 11! It's heaven for Jamie Bunny! You, 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 you are an ostrich. Well, your head must be in the sand. Is your head in the sand? Can you, are you flexible enough to get your head in the sand? Now the fans are shouting every week, Louis van Gaal's army! <laughs> Louis van Gaal's army! Feet after a fabulous start, the game just got away from you there. I have nothing, nothing to say. Nothing to say about the game at all. Drama from day one! This is the league we want to watch! We're back. Seven games. Doesn't matter. We're back. Hi, how are ya? Hi, how are ya? Hi, how are ya? Hey. Oh. A little bit of a strange one. Yeah. Seven, seven games. We got some teams games. playing twice. Some teams playing twice. Some teams you don't want to see. Some teams you do want to <clears> see. Some teams you do want to see. Some good games, some bad games. And some teams, it depends what match you get them on yeah. in terms of if you want to watch them or not. Yeah, absolutely. But lucky for you. We're here and we watched all of them, even if you didn't want to. Every match, every minute, every moment, <laughs> this is the Premiership Perusal Podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Uh, starting off, the makeup games. We have, in your opinion, and you know what, for my sake too, the worst one of the bunch. So let's get out of the way. Absolute worst game it's like it's like trying to give a presentation in class, and you know you don't really want to go mm-hmm. first, but you know it's for the best. This game, well, it's I like mean, this when is you the go first, first one. Then you know, yeah, you, no one has a good judge of what the other ones are like, so they don't know how well, this, bad it is this, until after the fact. This one was first, yeah. So you didn't know how good or bad it was going to be. No, but I was pretty sure after watching this game, it would be see because I knew it'd suck. Yeah. Brighton, Tottenham, to the lineups. To the lineups. Bobby Sanchez, Kukurea, Lewis, Dunk, Shane Duffy, Joel Veltman, Basuma, McAllister, Trossard, Gross, March, Mopai. For Tottenham, we have Larice Dyer, Davies, Romero. So back three. Um, as always, Doherty, Regulon, Hoiberg, Betancourt, Hyung, Min, Sun, Harry Kane, and Kulushevsky. Yeah, your guy Shane Duffy back from the bench. Woo, yeah. Or as you said, Shane Duffy. Shane, Shane Duffy. Shane Duffy. I thought you were going for a little bit more of a British accent. No. I don't know why I'm Australian. Because <laughs> he's, you know, the Irish and the Aussies, <clears throat> they're the same. Uh, I, I was going to say Boston accent. <laughs> yeah, not quite. You're saying Boston. 
Shane Duffy. And Shane Duffy. And Shane Duffy, why don't you go pack the car? Um, yeah, getting into this game. Before we start, when, before you, we start. when you load up this game to watch it, yes. they're playing a song before the game starts. Mm-hmm. And it was tequila. <laughs> Break out the mouth trumpet. <laughs> uh, no, this one. Yeah, that was the only thing Brighton had going for him. This yeah. game was at the MX. Uh, miss Kane missing an empty net right away after Brighton turned the ball over, and I th- I just thought, oh man. I don't know what to make of this game because clearly that that's very unbrighton like. Even they, though they've been struggling, I wouldn't say they've been like necessarily sloppy with the ball. Yeah, and Harry Kane been, you know, he's been not old Harry Kane, but he's at least been somewhat informed lately. I mean, I think I could have scored that one. Yeah, that on was the empty net. And, it was a very strange game. And, and Bobby off, Sanchez, what offset? What in the world are you doing? I mean, this <laughs> this season has been a roller coaster for this man. Who knows what he's going to do next. Yes. He was playing like he had some tequila before the game. <laughs> reckless. Your guy Dyer taking an elbow. It's funny that this was the first game back after last week I were talking about elbows, yellow cards, red cards, no calls, yeah, stuff like that. And then there's just an immediate elbow. I don't remember. It was Maupai, I believe. I could be wrong. But Dyer, blood flowing yeah. from the head. Tough to see. But you expect that from Eric Dyer because he's such a tough guy. Um, I thought a little balance to possession, but just not really much flow once they like really kind of got established in attack. Yeah. Um, I thought Brighton did look lax at the back. <clears throat> um, even when Tottenham was in possession, I thought they were a little, a little, little shaky, a little loosey goosey, a little. Yeah. Uh, even sometimes like they were. Brighton's obviously going to tend to play a high line. They weren't as high as they have been um, throughout the year, but I, I I thought that you know their whole defensive alignment. I didn't I didn't like the shape of it. Yeah, it was kind of strange to see the way that Brighton's defense has evolved for the worse over the season. Going into the season, you're thinking, yeah, they lost Ben White, but they're still pretty deep at, in the back line. Mm-hmm. They have some good defenders. Um, shouldn't be that big of an impact, but really, after Dan Byrne left, it's kind of just been like even that. Like good. Dan Byrne was playing so well that he was holding it together and kind of putting yeah. a. It was a little maybe it was a little smoke and mirrors because Dan Byrne was playing so well. I maybe. think they have guys where it's fine if you're using them for like maybe even like relatively extended periods of time, but mm-hmm. I don't know if you can just. Like, maybe Adam Webster's the only guy you get away with who's like, okay, he's on the team sheet. Yeah. But it's like, I think Veltman's a rotational guy. Duffy for sure is. He might not even be yeah. a rotational guy. On He's he's good for those games where it's just like you need a big guy. Who's going to clear it, yeah. But, yeah. But in terms of, like, defensive stability, him and, him and, like, Veltman just haven't been doing it as of late. Yeah, I wonder if Veltman, the thing, it's... It's the curse of being too versatile because it's like he has the p- ability to kind of go forward a little bit, and he's more like a wing back at times, mm-hmm. but not really a good wing back. He definitely is more defensive, so he's kind of just yeah. an out and out fullback. Yet they use him sometimes at center back. Right. I, I I don't know. 
Yeah, it's kind of like jack of all trades, master of none. Hasn't really had that nailed down position. Yeah. To really settle into. That's that's how I feel about it. I think that Brighton will definitely have to address the defense um, in the summer. Back to the game. I have a note here that says uh, these slow switch-ups make me want to rip my eyes out. Yeah, it, it was bad. It was bad. Uh, I mean, both teams would have possession for a bit, and they just would do nothing. Yeah. I mean, that's what we expect out of Brighton. Yeah. And I suppose... Tottenham to a certain extent. Tottenham to a certain extent when they have possession because, Mm -hmm. of course, they're more of a counterattacking team. We get a goal. Tottenham, they can't create anything from possession. And Kulishevsky in the possession just decides, hey, I'm going to pop a shot here from the edge of the box. And once you know it, something happened. Deflects off Romero. Um, I just thought it was kind of ironic. Because this is what Brighton don't do. They don't just sometimes say, all right, we've held the ball for this long, and we're near the edge of the box. We're just going to rip it. Yeah. And you shoot it, and something happens. That's exactly what I was thinking when I was watching this game. Like, sometimes you just want to just yell, like, shoot. shoot. <laughs> Someone shoot. Just, shoot. Just because not necessarily, like, statistically it's a good shot. But, you know, unexpected things happen. It, it's not a game of perfect. Mistakes like this or little deflections happen. And uh, we're just hearing live that Italy are out of the World <laughs> Cup because they got beat by North Macedonia. What are you going to so. do when... Uh, Bless up. What's what's his name? Alioski. Yeah, Alioski. Or I was thinking Pandev. Pandev. Pandev, the and legend. whoever their uh, goalkeeper was. Yeah, that old legends. Guy. Good for North Macedonia. Shout out North Macedonia. Respect. But anyways, back to this game. Yeah. Brighton try and play almost like a Man City caliber game, like trying to find the perfect pass. Mm -hmm. And that's when they're playing kind of at their ideal style of play. When they're playing at the worst, they're not even trying to pick out a good pass. I just don't know what to do. Yeah, they're just super, super conservative. Um, It's almost like it has to be a guarantee for them to make the play. Rather than even earlier this year, it felt like they're just taking more chances at times. Like that mop pie go against Watford, it was just like strangeness, and it results mm-hmm. in like a weird, like lofted chip. Yeah. And it went in, and it wasn't a plan. It's like right. sometimes you just have to go for it and avert your plan a bit. Yeah. So it's it's tough to see with Brighton, but a uh, big chance for Kulashevsky after Duffy's mistake. One on one break cannot score. I'd say that was the main. Um, events of the first half. Second half, we have another goal. It's Harry Kane. Uh, Brighton caught out after losing possession with the high line, and Kane takes advantage. What do you make of Harry Kane right now? Yeah, it, it's interesting that he started off the season, you know, very slowly. But mm-hmm. He kind of tends to start off season slowly, but as of late, he's really been on fire um i think you know he's done really good he's dropping back deep getting the ball you know passing it up to to son or kulishevsky and then he's getting back into the play or he's just hitting straight on the counter like in this one um it, it just overall the system is working much better yeah he definitely he definitely fits this better than i mean even you know I mean, he he's not exactly like 
as as much as we say like Tottenham can play on the counter stuff, you don't necessarily want Harry Kane just playing on the counter. He's such a poacher. You mm-hmm. want to be holding the ball uh, to you know give him his best chance to score. But as far as like the uh, delayed start to the season for him, he always does have that, like you said. But I feel like the thing with the Euros, because he played every minute of every game and stuff, I feel like when guys do that, they have the season, then they have the tournament after the season, you're bound to go one or two ways. You just keep the form the whole time, but then you're practically playing like two years nonstop. Yeah. Or you're just at one point, it's going to be too much and you're just going to fall off. And that's kind of what happened to Kane. So I don't really blame him for that. Finally kind of getting back into it. And again, like you said, with this system, it suits him a little better. Um, Mm -hmm. They're at least able to exploit, or well, not even exploit, but just in general, create more chances, I feel like, than they did under Nuno. Yeah, and it definitely helps having Kulishevsky in there. Just an added piece of creativity who also... He's, fits into the system perfectly. He adds like at least two times more creativity to the attack than when they didn't have him under Nuno. Mm-hmm. I mean, they didn't really. They just kind of had Lucas and like yeah. they'd float Delhi out there or something, or it, it was just bad. But even like now under Conte's system, like they're able to get something out of Harry Winks. He can ping some balls for Kane and stuff. But um, they're definitely finding a good way to utilize Kane and stuff. I I just wonder if. I mean, if you weren't going to sell him last summer, you'll probably never sell him until he leaves on a free or something. But yeah. Um, anyways, back to this game. Brighton continue their just uninspiring attack throughout the game. I thought this was probably one of Trossard's better games in a while, and that's not saying a ton because mm-hmm. he didn't do that much. But I, I, I don't know. It's... I think that the the solution has to be external from this because it can't be because Potter's running the same system and stuff and clearly teams are adjusting to it but I, yeah. I feel like part of it's just the quality of players aren't quite there. Yeah, it's definitely not being executed I'm sure as he would like it to be executed with the players that they have in place there. So yeah, I agree. You know, it seemed like maybe they were going to get by this season mm-hmm. without bringing in a, a new striker and just sticking with Malpai, but it's it seems pretty clear that you got to bring someone else in, you know, maybe a guy who's kind of like more of a false nine who can also link up the play. So Malpai's supposed to be, what, in a way? Yeah, what Malpai's supposed to be, kind of <laughs> like what Lacazette does for Arsenal. Yeah. Um, But you also do need, you know, just someone who has more of a goal scoring threat as well yeah it would just be interesting to see how much they spend because it feels like certain teams will spend and if they spend and those guys don't work out well mm-hmm. brighton have done that not a not a ton but it's i mean guys like Johan bosch and they got that romanian guy a few years ago when they had it was their first or second year up um I, he clearly didn't work out i feel like they might become hesitant to spend so mm-hmm. who knows? We'll we'll see what Brighton do, but this is, I I don't think the answer is within uh, within the team right now as far as the goal scoring goes. Yeah, uh, Regulon with a chance to score on the counter. Um, been playing well as of late. Definitely their well, I won't say definitely the best full. 
or uh, wing back because Doherty's been playing pretty decent, I guess. Yeah, they're both better than Royale. That's all I'm saying. Mm-hmm. It has been been uh, quite the sight to see Doherty. Yeah, getting back into the squad and actually, he's been pretty creative. Yeah, he at least point. does. He does a like even just average or just probably good enough for Tottenham. He's in like the C plus B minus range right now in terms of how mm-hmm. he's playing. It feels like so added bonus to get something out of him. Um, Kukurea with a chance, but uh, wide cross goes across the face of goal to the back post. It's and I mean that play just encapsulates like Brighton's struggle right now. It's like even if they do have something that's half decent or pretty good, it's just it falls apart for some reason. In that case, yeah. it's just no one making that run when it's wide open. Mm-hmm. Uh, also another strange play in this one. Mopai rather than shooting the ball in the box, shielded the ball. This is like with him on the penalty spot. I don't know if you remember. He shields the ball and tries to draw a pen. Goofy. Just goofy. Overthinking it. Yeah, that's yeah, that's been kind of the problem with Maupai is that sometimes he'll do stuff like that as opposed to just like taking a shot. Yeah. When he it it seems like well, just just shoot there. It's not like might not be the high percentage play, but you have to do something. something at the keeper and yeah. try and make it happen. Uh, Kane with a chance then. Bobby Sanchez with a save. That pretty much wraps this one up. 2-0 Tottenham. Games you got to win if you're Tottenham. Brighton, the slippage continues. You were mid-mid-table, as we like to say here in this podcast. Not high <laughs> mid-table, not low mid-table. Mid-mid-table. You were mid-mid-table. <laughs> uh, now low mid-table. Yeah. There, this... This year went from probably like a B plus year. You're getting your highest um, place in the Premier League standings in your history. Now you're kind of slipping back to where you finished last couple of years, and you're losing all momentum. Mm-hmm. You got to recapture some of it before seasons end. I feel like. Yeah. Moving on. Yep. Moving on to Arsenal versus Liverpool. In the lineups, Ramsdale, Tierney, White, Gabriel, Cedric, Partey, Saka, Odegaard, Jaka, Martinelli, and Lacazette. For Liverpool, Allison, Van Dyke, Robertson, Matip, Alexander-Arnold, Fabinho, Thiago, Hendo, Sa- Sadio Mane, Diogo Jota, and Luis Diaz. No uh, Mo, Mo Salah starting on the bench for yeah. this one. It's because he's washed. Broke it here on the podcast. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this one starts off, Liverpool get off to a pretty good start. Um, Van Dyke with that early chance. Van Dyke with the early chance. Good save from Mr. Ramsdale on the corner. Yeah, I thought that this game was a lot more open than I was kind of expecting. I don't know why I thought both teams... I mean, Liverpool were never really cautious, um, but I felt like Arsenal might have been... A little cautious, but then again, I probably just misthought it because Arsenal really weren't too cautious when they're playing Man City uh, at the Emirates and stuff. I feel like they have a certain confidence about them to just go for it. But uh, yeah, yeah, I, it was back and forth for the first fifteen. I thought I expected more of kind of how Liverpool started with you know the the fast start. I expected mm-hmm. that to can 
continue on more throughout the first half, but kind of faded. It, yeah, it, it faded as the half went along, and Arsenal started gaining some some possession and were trying to hit on the counterattack at times. Yeah, I just thought Arsenal was a lot faster and quicker, um, and mm-hmm. they're really able to expose that space kind of to the wide areas of the pitch and kind of in behind yeah. Liverpool's defense. Yeah, Liverpool, you could tell they'd try and hit on the counter, but they just really didn't have much going. Uh, Luis Diaz looked kind of gassed pretty early in this game. And, you know, they'd get the ball up to someone, but then there'd be no one else kind of to link up with and keep the move going, and then they'd just lose the ball. Luis Diaz is still recovering from Bobby Sanchez crashing into him and creating a <laughs> yeah, <probably>. collapsed lung. <laughs> so, so it can't be too hard on him. Yeah. Uh, second half, Liverpool's defense shaky, but Arsenal just not taking the chances. Semi similar to the, um, I guess, was it the Burnley game where they had a bunch of chances and couldn't, yeah, score. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, it was disappointing because you would probably say that Arsenal were the better team through sixty. Through yeah, through well, through well, fifty four minutes. Um, yeah yeah they just you know it's it's almost like the Brighton thing where you know they just need to take a shot or something Mm -hmm. and are trying to play too perfect yeah trying to play too like with this the statistical like oh this is the best statistical decision sometimes you just got to break that you know especially Martinelli you know just get a shot off quick or something yeah try and make something happen because you know, we know Liverpool, they've at times been shaky in defense, mostly on the counterattack. Yeah. Um, but once they got set, you know, that is a pretty hard team to break down. Yeah. And, yeah, and then 54th minute, they get the goal, and it's just kind of a, a cheap goal from an Arsenal perspective. You worked that hard, and you couldn't score, and then Liverpool come down on the other end. Uh, yeah, kind of nice like ball a from Henderson through ball. Um, I believe it was Henderson up to Jota, and it was just too easy, you know. It's Tiago, I think. Tiago, it it all yeah, it almost seemed like, well, how come they didn't have to work so hard to score a goal? Yeah, and it felt like the momentum that Arsenal had been building mm-hmm. just kind of the wind went out of their sails. Yeah, yeah, I thought. Arsenal's defense kind of let them down. Not that they played like super bad or anything, but you know, letting something like that happen when you were controlling yeah. so much of the game for so long, and then it just just kind of let it go. It's, yeah, I thought Cedric was poor on this goal. Yeah. Um, and then shortly after they score second one, I thought Cedric was again poor on this one, but also. Saka was somewhat at fault. I just thought that. Clearing. Yeah, I was going to say, I just. And it was like multiple clearances, correct me if I'm wrong. And mm-hmm. they just couldn't get it out. Yeah. It was like, we got. You just got to rewind up and boot all the way down. Mm-hmm. It's like, just get it to the side. Just get it out. Get it out yeah. any way you can. And it started off by Cedric giving a free kick just mm-hmm. kind of stupidly. Yeah. When, when it's going nowhere and you just take a whack at a guy, it's mm-hmm. like you're always almost yeah. going to hurt your team. Yeah, I know a lot of people have been praising Cedric, and he's done he's done decent enough, you know, as a backup. But yeah. 
it's clear that it's the he's not Tomiyasu. It's the Veltman extended run thing we were just talking <clears throat> about. It's like yes, he's fine for a few games. Yeah. And then he's supposed to be on the bench where he belongs. He's right. Especially against Liverpool, you really gotta be at your best. Yeah. And that's that's been a a big miss for Arsenal, not having Tomiyasu for the past two and a half months. Yeah. Well, Liverpool's defense kind of locks it down. Arsenal really, really started to struggle to be able to even find a shot yeah. compared to even the first half and uh, early part of second half. So Yeah, after that second goal, it was no way coming back from that. Finishes 2-0. Liverpool do what they do. Might not be the best of performances, but they somehow get the best result possible. They were time. very efficient. Yes. With their chances, something that Arsenal was not. And I think that kind of goes to show the inexperience of the Arsenal team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought Thiago had a really good game for Liverpool in this one in the midfield, kind of had both an attack and defending presence at times. Um, it, it was surprising to really kind of go back and look. If, I mean, Matip and Van Dijk did not have to do much at all this game, Yeah, which is kind of strange because Arsenal had so much of the ball and creating chances and stuff. It really just came down to that wide play for Arsenal is how they're getting in, and then mm-hmm. it just came down to they couldn't quite get that last one, being central with the goal yeah, get the strike. Yeah, I thought Liverpool as a team defended very well and uh, just very hard to break down. And especially a game where they weren't necessarily at, at their best, they still mm-hmm. got the result. Yeah, I think that says a lot about Liverpool that's, and where they're at. That's what they've been doing the whole year, whole year. They don't. They might not play. They might not be the best team in this game. This might not be a hundred percent of what Liverpool is, but they'll do just enough to get the three points. Yeah, that's massive as the uh, title, title race, race tightens up. It definitely has tightened up, to say the least. As we look at the live table. One point off Man City. Man City at 70. Liverpool at 69. Both at 29 games played. It's going to be a doozy in the last race. Uh, we talk about a doozy. We're also talking about Everton. And we're talking Newcastle. This game was good, but not from like a football perspective. It was good as in like it was just pure chaos throughout the match. I, I'll say it right now. And, I mean, part of this is just because Everton are so, so bad mm-hmm. that this is why. But Goodison might be, like, a top three, like, place to play right now because it's, it's just hectic. Whether it's going to be booze or cheering, yeah, it's going to be it's, wild. It's just chaos. <laughs> uh, to the lineups, Asmir Begovic, last week on the pod, we were talking about Everton need guys who give a shit. And I joke that Begovic was a guy who gives a shit. And what is it? They throw him out there. Frank just Lampard to prove heard a point. you. Super Frank. Throw he him knows. In. He knows I got the Chelsea shirt on today. He knows that I believe in Begovic. Holgate, Keane, Godfrey, Coleman, Allen, Gray, Ducore, Awobi, Gordon, and Richarlison for Newcastle. Dubravka. Dubravka, man, Dubravka. Please save us. Share. Target, Kraft, Byrne, Jolinton, Willick, Bruno G, Wood, Frazier, Almiron. So uh, Everton, going to bring Calvert-Lewin off the bench in this one. Yeah. 
You know what? Something's got to change. You got to find. Change, you yeah. got to find something. Um, very very physical game mm-hmm. from the offset. Just both teams going at it too. Yeah, I feel like that's something that we've kind of come to expect. Games at Goodison, it's going to be very very feisty, very yeah. chippy. Uh, a lot of stoppages. Yes. Neither team is really going to be able to just sit and dominate the game. I mean, they'll have possession, but there's going to be fouls. There's going to be stoppages. Mm-hmm. Very little flow in the game. Um, Newcastle got off to the better start. Eventually, they they took control of the game, but still, there just wasn't that flow to the game. Really. No, no team looked sharp at all, to be quite frank. But the energy, like we're saying, makes it an entertaining game. Either way it went. Yeah, absolutely. Either way it went, it was going to be great. Um, I thought Newcastle just were not able to really expose the overloaded wings. They'd have numbers, whether it be three on two or two on one. Mm-hmm. And it was always like the pass in behind was just too far and it would go past the end line or something. I, it, it just, yeah, Newcastle was just off in terms of quality of, uh, attack to say the least. Um, bunch of chances for Newcastle where the ball would go like across the front of goal and just needs a poke but no one's there mm-hmm. so that's that's all i know oh other first half note the anthony gordon versus bruno g marking each other <laughs> whole game that was great yeah i love to see just where it's a man marking situation but the entire length of the field so funny to me mm-hmm. i don't know why because you like never see it yeah it, it was it was an interesting one yeah, the the first half not not very good football from either side, and it, Newcastle it made me wonder like you know they they're coming off that loss like you know maybe they kind of slip down a little bit the yeah. the quality levels drop off. Um, yeah, when you're in a zone, man, it's really it's a uh, it's really something when you have it clicking and then mm-hmm. it, something kind of uh, doesn't go your way. It's how you respond and stuff, but yeah. easier said than done. You see it from top-tier clubs because, one, they have quality players are higher. Um, they're just more likely to be more talented than other teams. Mm-hmm. And even in terms of depth, they're more li- more likely to have depth and they can rotate guys, get the right matchups and stuff. So yeah. they're bound to be better. Yeah. A team like Newcastle, they still don't have a ton of depth. They're still worrying about injuries and stuff. Mm-hmm. They have a particular style of play, so it's kind of just if the chips fall where they may in terms of if you can rebound and stuff but uh yeah not able to as we'll get to but second half the fossil fuels <laughs> they 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 showed their existence on the field they tied themselves to the post <laughs> yes and they said stop everton football club stop them right <laughs> now that's actually main, what they were protesting the main issue with fossil fuels is everton football club and the harm that Everton yes. Football Club has on the environment. You know, every time Everton plays, I go and mine up some oil. Every time. The best source of renewable energy is not the energy that Goodison Park gives off yes. when you're watching a Premier League game. <laughs> Actually, the greenhouse gas emission from the toxic Everton fans is much worse than any fossil fuel. It's just the, it's like stinky green lines in cartoon yeah. from their bad play, and it goes straight in the <laughs> atmosphere. <laughs> you know, I was disappointed because I thought that had some really good meme potential. You know, the, like the guy's shirt that said, like, stop. 
fossil fuels or whatever. Yeah, it's could like, have been stop and then you put whatever you stop want. Stop Everton shirt. Football Club or stop anything. Yeah, it's it's one of those things where it's like memes move so fast nowadays that it's like you have like a day yeah. max yeah, in terms of. Already on to. What are you doing for me today? Oh, yes. Make now, it snappy. Now we're on to <laughs> North Macedonia knocking out Italy oh out of the World gosh. Cup. And, yeah. Um, Big Begovic save at the 70th minute. Yeah, after, after great like 20 minutes run. of trying to cut the guy loose. Yeah. <laughs> the zip ties, they're hard to cut, man. And then the best part was when they carried him off the field, like not even yeah. like on his feet, just like <laughs> By two, his guys arms got his legs, his legs. <laughs> two guys got his torso. Yeah, no stretcher, so his body's like slouching. That yeah, was great. That was great. Uh, but yes, back to the game. Begovic, big save on Bruno. Amazing run from Almiron. It's like he knew he was going to get subbed off, and he's like, I'm just going to sprint the length of the field here with the Yeah, ball. he was channeling his inner uh, Almiron. Not Almiron. Wow, that's wild. St. Maxman. <laughs> he's channeling his inner self. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it was really good. And then Bruno had a good look. Just nice save by Begovic, who. Look pretty solid out there. Repaid the faith. Yes. Um, Gordon with a chance as well. It was kind of starting to pick up an attack. And I, I, I feel like it was less about the attack being well, and both defenses kind of slowly kind of started to mm-hmm. show their holes, you know. Yeah, it looked like Everton was trying to go after it a bit more, um, commit some more numbers mm-hmm. in the attack but then 79th minute alan gets a yellow card var reviews it for potential dangerous play and he gets a red card what are your thoughts on this red card yeah i i would have to agree i was surprised that they didn't give it right away but yeah i mean he just went (laughs) right into maximum yeah and it's like you could tell just the way everton were playing they were looking pretty frustrated just before that Iwobi flew into a tackle. Yeah. And then Well, it's a mix of frustration happens. too. And then with that yeah. high energy that you have at Goodison, it's like you're just willing to, you mm-hmm. know, do stuff that you might not do in another setting. And Alan was like, I got to get this ball right now. And I saw a lot of people defending it saying, oh, well, he barely got, I forget who the foul was on. I think it was St. Maximin. I'm almost positive. St. Maximin. Oh, he barely made any contact with him, but that doesn't matter. The fact of the matter is he came in like flying two footed. Yeah, way people, after the fact that people the ball was gone. Yeah, people sometimes forget. I guess you can't really say intent. Like it was his intent to go, you know, in a there, certain way. But he <laughs> he he was definitely trying to bring him down, to yeah. say the least. Uh, yeah. So yeah, especially that. the fact that the ball had already, you know, it was nowhere mm-hmm. near him. Yep. So. Yeah. Especially, well, I guess he wasn't really, he's been back from injury for a while and then he had like a cold or whatever, but mm-hmm. you don't want to see that on St. Maximus. He's just trying to get back in the groove at Newcastle. Yeah. Which they might need him now after the, losing to Everton. Yeah. Um, and you, you can't judge a foul based on how hurt a guy gets. Yeah. That's just. That's silly. Yeah. Um, Eventually we get it. Sam's guy, Arsenal legend, Alex Awobi. 1-2 with the sub, Calvert-Lewin coming on. Channels his inner Neil Maupai I didn't, stoppage time winner. did not like that defense from Newcastle. Oh, they it was both, awful. They both, well, I shouldn't say both because I think it's three guys, but they kind of seeped the same way, mm-hmm. um, shifting with Calvert-Lewin, and whoever was on that far side, there's no way they were getting back yeah. to cover that gap. 
yeah to where um a wobi was going to run into there's no way it was yeah way too soft defending i thought dubrovka too didn't do the best of job i thought he gave him a whole, like at least half the net to shoot at mm-hmm. to slot it at the far post because it wasn't even really far post it was yeah i think it there's kind of more middle-ish yeah middles i don't think it hit side netting is what i'm saying yeah so all around newcastle just kind of lose their cool goodison goes nuts below the point everton (laughs) huge win super fat frank with the freaking dub for everton who would have seen it coming (laughs) drops the take the l dance on newcastle (laughs) (laughs) yeah for sure um going forward maybe a little rotation on newcastle now um, but we'll see. They're kind of limited in terms of that. Everton, I I don't get it. It's yeah. out of nowhere. Yeah, I don't think you can really like infer anything out of that game other than it was like nuts. Yeah. And from a from a Newcastle perspective, I think you know the the worry is that oh you went on this good run, but then you lost, and then it kind of falls off. You got to be able to bounce back, like we were talking about. I think, too, one thing that is going to be underestimated, and it's maybe more of a narrative you hear in American sports. You don't really hear it about um, Premier League or any world football, for that matter. But in terms of guys playing for their jobs next year, that really applies to Newcastle, especially in terms of yeah, Newcastle, their board is going to look and see, okay, who's going to be, who's going to, what quality is going to match our aspirations? Mm-hmm. Clearly a guy like Kieran Trippier does. Yeah. Clearly, well, I, Chris Wood might have. I don't think he does anymore. I think Chris uh, Wood was more of a stopgap. Yeah. But so, you know, Bruno G, clearly a big time signing. Mm-hmm. They have these guys in mind. It's like you're gonna have to play real well to show, hey, yeah, I can I can play here if you guys are trying to push for European competition. Whether it's right. even just a backup role, yeah, exactly, or something, but show that you have the quality. I think Newcastle has a lot on the line. Yeah, it's those guys who can kind of fill up, fill in the gaps, not necessarily be starters, but remain mm-hmm. with the team. Yeah. Yeah. Well, moving on to the next match, which was also a doozy. Watford fans, you got gut punched so hard by back-to-back days of Everton winners in the 90th and then Leeds winners yeah. in the 90th. Yeah. Watford fans are getting a now big All they old- could do is sit and watch. Big Ma Fratelli let <laughs> oh. <laughs> Getting into the lineups for Wolves, Jose saw Willie Bully. He's back. He's back. He's back again. forever. <laughs> Connor Cody, Saiz, Heitnuri, Neves, Johnny, Matinho, Raul Jimenez, Daniel Podens, and Dendonker. Four leads, Melier, Aileen, Urente, Dallas, Stroike, Forshaw, Rodrigo, Dan James, Jack Harrison, Click, and Mr. Patrick Look Banford. at Dan James' pick. He's, like, looking the wrong way. <laughs> <laughs> From the shadows, I emerge. Yeah, I am not, Dan James. Yeah, not to mention it's, like, way darker than the rest of the shots. But Yeah. Um, this game was Wolves and Wolves early. Mm-hmm. Um, bunch of chances. Uh, Leeds had a chance, I guess, on the counter. Rodrigo had that one that went, like, near post, and he put it just wide, but... A lot of the play was definitely for Leeds or uh, Wolves rather early. Um, Bamford was probably another big note in the first half, making that run, um, and then getting hurt. 
Yeah, that's that's kind of my note I have, that both teams were forced into making subs in the first half. Bamford comes off. Surprisingly, Sam Greenwood comes on ahead of Joe Galhart. I thought that was... Joe Galhart's still running around Leeds celebrating that 90th minute goal. They couldn't find him. Yeah, I He'll thought be that, back next week. I thought that was interesting to see <laughs> Sam Greenwood get that extended run out. And then Ruben Neves... Gets subbed off for Trincao. Ruben Neves out until May, potentially rest of the season for him. Yeah, uh, tough to see. Trincao actually came on and played really well in this game, mm-hmm. uh, which was kind of surprising given how he'd struggled at times. But no, this is just, it's becoming the year of teams bringing back guys just too soon. Bamford again. Saw it with Vardy. Yeah. What are these teams doing? Yeah. I It's, it's annoying. Especially Bamford had a good chance in this one and then doesn't take it, kind of leads his year mm-hmm. in a nutshell, and then he has to go out again. It's like, oh, my gosh. Yeah, that was tough to see Bamford getting emotional on the bench. You feel no. bad for him. He's had a rough go of it this season after such a successful season last year. But Leeds, kind of the same story as they've had the this season where they struggle in the final third just to get the final shot off and score uh, and then 26-minute Trinkau, like you said, playing nicely, makes a nice run down the right-hand side, cuts it back for Mr. Johnny, who scores. Johnny Otto has to be one of the most like made-up sweet names of all time. <laughs> He's a very <laughs> random name. For a Spanish guy, too. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Johnny Otto. So strange. Johnny Otto. <laughs> Johnny Otto. Should be one name, Johnny Otto. That would be wild. <laughs> one name. <laughs> one name. Doesn't even look real. Um. Yeah, and then, yeah, Wolves were playing nicely in the first half. You felt like they had, they were kind of in control of the game in the first half. Yeah, Johnny had another chance near the end of the first half, but skied it. I just thought Wolves in possession were really looking good. It's kind of what we thought coming into this year that they'd look like in terms of that wide play, yeah, um, real dynamic passing when they're in possession. But, uh, you know, it always kind of seemed to result like, how it had for Wolves mostly are just not taking the chances as well as they should. But yet, they get a second one. Free quick. Free quick. Free, <laughs> free kick quick. taken quickly. Uh, gets Podence behind. Cuts it back to the top of the box for Trincao. Slot. Yeah, nice finish. In the 11th minute of added time of the yeah. first half. Oh, my gosh. The injuries. Uh, yeah, this, this had to be just a demoralizing feel for Leeds at this point going in down two mm-hmm. nil. You just got to be thinking we're trying to get to half and then, uh, Oh, concede again. Yeah. I really didn't expect Leeds to make much of an effort coming out of this one, but second half, a big moment, a uh, high speed collision between Melier and Jimenez, which leads to a second yellow card for Mr. Jimenez. Yeah. I mean, that's even super scary too, given Jimenez's head injury. You know, mm-hmm. who knows with that? Um, I mean, in the moment, yeah. he was fine after, but uh, yeah, pretty reckless being on a yellow. Jimenez is yeah. the ultimate. He'll he'll bait guys in to get their second yellows, and then he'll turn around and just go full chaos and get his second yellow for yeah. no reason. <laughs> it, it was pretty stupid again, kind of that game against Man City. I think where you got the the other quick second yellow again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this one just unnecessary you have to sub him off within uh 30 seconds of him getting a yellow <laughs> yeah. just in case 
Yeah, just just super unnecessary when you're closing out the keeper like that. There's no reason to make that foul. Like, I get you're trying to go for the ball, but it's not worth the risk of picking up that second yellow card. Now tied for the league lead in red cards with two with, with Mr. Ezri Kansa. Doesn't Granit Xhaka have two? No, he only has one. He got the one against what city? Early in the year. Maybe he got one in like the FA Cup or something. I don't yeah. know. But anyways, that kind of gives Leeds a little bit of a lifeline. And I still thought Wolves kind of looked comfortable in attack at times when they had yeah, to. Yeah. I thought they were still able to create chances. They just weren't creating as much, and they're kind of still having to be a little conservative in terms of when they're in defense. Everyone was kind of focused on that. But when they did get chances against Leeds, they definitely were coming close. You know, I was surprised how how attacking they were playing even after the red card. Mm-hmm. I thought they were pushed pretty far up and they were kind of playing a dangerous game. I th- I, I don't know. I feel like Laj right now is losing confidence slowly in his defense. Mm. Um, I feel like Cody is the one main guy you can trust and other guys right now are a little spotty, especially you're putting Willie Bully back in the squad. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's that's not a great rust. sign. Yeah, it's not a great sign. And he's calling out his fullbacks and stuff i i don't know i think that besides Connor cody i mean you lost neves who's i wouldn't say just like a you know like amazing amazing in terms of his defensive aspect he's good but i mean it's not like his defensive contribution is in his possession of the ball yeah whereas you know he can keep the possession going yeah meaning that you don't have to defend um but yeah 63rd minute, leads pull one back. Jack Harrison scores after Alien hits the post and then a rebound cleared off the line, falls to Harrison. Yeah. Bit unlucky for Luke Alien not to score, but hey, they got a goal. Yeah, Jack Harrison, really good game, especially the second half was really kind of all over the place in the box, pretty much acting as like a winger with how far forward he was going at times. Uh, and they get a second one. Over the top ball, um, Dan James hits the post. Saiz shit clearance allows Greenwood to find Rodrigo for 2-2. Rodrigo, he's kind of feeling himself. He might win this year's award for, we call it the Nicholas Pepe Award of coming on at the end of the year. (laughs) Technically, that one went down as an own goal. so I still count it. But, yeah, at that point, I mean, Leeds really turned the game on its head. 2-2. 2-2, and they were looking for more at that point. They got all the momentum. Um, 74th minute, Charlie Cresswell gets away with a dangerous tackle, only gets a yellow card. I thought that was interesting. Thought yeah. he got a red card there. Yeah, it was pretty close. Um, if you're Wolves, you might feel a little hard done by it. Yeah. If you're neutral, you want to see 10 on 10. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I prefer to see as many red cards as possible because as few <laughs> players on the field to open it up. Yes. Dan James has a good chance in the 86th minute, goes just high. And then 87th minute, Jose Saw makes a good save from Jack Harrison. Yeah, Saw was out of his mind at times in the second half. Some big-time mm-hmm. saves. Um, just goes to show Wolves' defense still super vulnerable in terms of giving up space. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, then eventually, Leeds get their winner, Ailing with a great selly. Yeah, the, the <laughs> failed cartwheel. Uh, 
The goal comes from a set piece kept alive by Ailing, but Wolves' defense can't clear again. Yeah. Yeah, it was poor defending. Very just guys all over the place, unorganized. Uh, sides were kind of getting pretty hectic towards the end there. End of the year, this is teams fighting to stay up. Teams fighting for, not these teams necessarily, but in general. Teams are fighting yeah. to stay up. Teams are fighting for European spots. It's going to be a lot on the line. Yeah, for sure. So it makes sense as to why this is going on. And uh, Huang He Chan and Mr. Trinkow both had chances at the end, unable to convert. Yeah, shout out Clayson coming on, substitute goalkeeper popping off. What can you say? Big double save at the end. Leeds get the instant classic winner, 3-2. Big three points for Leeds. Big momentum boost for Leeds. Not just big momentum boost and stuff. And maybe part of it's just Wolves kind of letting them back in with the red card. But to come back from two down on the road late in the year. Yeah. Massive. Massive. It Just in terms of uh, going forward, having that confidence. Yeah, definitely. As far as Wolves blowing that game, tough scene. Yeah, that's really disappointing. People, people talking about how good your defense is, including myself. And right now, it doesn't look super great. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of go back to the way that they were playing when they were up 2-0. And then they got the red card and they were still pushed pretty far up the pitch. I feel like at that point, it makes more sense to try and be a little more conservative. But that's... What they went with, and it ultimately backfired. Backfired upon them. Moving on. Moving on. To Arsenal's second game of the makeup games week. Yeah, uh, I'm glad you noticed I didn't add it in the docs. I took <laughs> took notes on my phone, <laughs> my mobile. Me phone. To the lineups: Emmy Martinez, Maddie Cash, Ezri Kunsa, Tyron Mings, Ashley Young. Doug Lewis. So I'm going to call him from now. Doug Lewis. Doug Lewis. <laughs> English Doug Lewis. <laughs> John McGinn, uh, Buendia, Coutinho, Ramsey, Ollie Watkins up there. So no Mr. Ings in this one. As far as Arsenal, we have Ramsdale, Tierney, White. Or no, Leno. Leno in yeah, this one. Yeah, Burn Leno. Leno, Tierney, White, Gabriel, Cedric. Parte, Saka, Odegaard, Smithrow, Jaka, Laka, Zet. Yeah, so no um, no Ramsdale, no Martinelli. But you get Smithrow back. You get, you get a little Smithrow action. Good and you have season. Arsenal's equivalent. I think he's going to become the equivalent of Manchester United's Marouane Fellaini. Who's that, Granit Jaka? No, I'm saying Leno. Oh. In terms of just... Not player type, but in terms of the significance of being there as the empire falls and all the way throughout, and then as soon as the empire somewhat gets back to normal, you immediately are probably on the way out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, to the game. First chance, uh, at least, you know, what I thought. Emil Smith throw, just putting it over. Thought he had a pretty good chance there. Mm-hmm. A little bit of rust hasn't been playing as much, um, yeah, because of the injury. Another big chance for um, Arsenal as Emmy Martinez 
had a save, uh, almost an own goal from Konsa. Is yeah. your mic okay? Yeah. I, okay. Sorry, I'm just trying to adjust it. <laughs> yeah, that was that was strange because the original shot looked like it was probably going to go in, but yet mm-hmm. off the deflection, it still nearly almost. Yeah, went almost in. did. Um, yeah, I thought Villa did a good job in terms of their long balls uh, in behind, especially in wide spaces to kind of, you know, establish possession against Arsenal. But, I mean, the main guy was John McGinn. I thought he played spectacular in this game. See, I thought, in my opinion, I thought it was a poor performance from Villa. I thought they were too conservative in the game. Yeah. Um, Just going forward, it seemed like it was really lackluster. I I mean, first half, it was better than the second half. But... um, yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, Arsenal's know. defense is not... It's not Watford. It's it, a tough it just, nut to crack. It didn't feel like they were really testing them that much. They they had, like, one shot, I think. Yeah. If that. Uh, well, I'd say what really let Villa down in this one was... Uh, I mean, Ramsey wasn't, like, terrible, terrible. Uh, but I, I thought, given what we had seen from him... We've definitely seen better games. Yeah. Um, Buendia and Coutinho were the two that really stood out to me in terms of they didn't do much. Yeah, for sure. Um, but I think, no, McGinn, in terms of pinging balls, was definitely putting Arsenal in vulnerable spots most of the game. Um, just unfortunately not able to take advantage. And they really didn't do a great job of working Watkins in. I'll, I'll go with that for sure. It, it felt like he was never really even touching the ball. Yeah. So not able to get central. You have a more kind view on Villa's game. I thought they were pretty poor in this one, but wow! Hear that, Villa? <laughs> get shit on. And you know the thing is, I thought Arsenal weren't even playing that good, so it was kind of disappointing to see Villa playing as conservatively as they did. I thought I, there were opportunities where they could have pushed Arsenal more. That's fair, but I don't think Arsenal played that bad. I thought they were doing just enough to hold on yeah, in I didn't terms think, of defense. I didn't think necessarily they were playing bad, but they weren't really playing good enough to be having the amount of possession that they were having, I suppose. yeah, You know, they weren't at the top of their game. Well, that's for sure. Yeah. Ni- neither team was at the top, especially with how hot Villa have been. And we've seen Arsenal throughout this year, uh, what they're capable of. So, no, I can, I can go along with that. Uh, but we get a goal. Set piece routine. Um, I mean, it didn't seem like it really went according to plan, <laughs> yeah. to say the least. But the shot from the top of the box from Saka ends up going in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, found, that found was that was a little lackluster by Villa's defense. I thought. Yeah, surprising to see that one actually get through when there's quite a few defenders in the way. Mix of not being able to block, mix of no one being able to close out in time or even come close. It felt like he's. Yeah, especially with the amount of defenders that they had. I mean, Mm -hmm. everyone was pretty much back. Yeah, defending the set piece. Then tougher Martinez to even see that one. Mm -hmm. So you can't really blame him, but not really a goal you want to concede. To say the least. Arsenal with some chances then the first half. Nothing super notable, but second half going in with the one nil lead. Um 
I thought Saka had a really good chance on the takeaway from Ramsey, but I thought he was really slow in terms of whether he was going to pass or mm-hmm. he's clearly trying to either bait Martinez some way, whether it's to play the pass so he can shoot or that he's going to shoot so he can play the pass. He just waited too long. Yeah, I I thought Saka didn't have his best game in this one. Um, just just kind of he didn't look super sharp yeah. in the attacking third. Um, and then you had Smith Rowe, who was a little rusty, and Odegaard didn't seem like he really could get into the game all that much. Um, it was a very Liverpool-esque performance by Arsenal to not play at your best, yet you find a way to get the win. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, honestly, I thought if I had to pick one guy from Arsenal's team that played probably the best, he played pretty well in the Liverpool game, but even this game, I thought Partey... Yeah, good. I think I think Partey has really come on this this past month. He's been one of the top performers, if not the top performers. He's not really in a glorious position, but speak for yourself. Burnt Leno has one clean sheet in one game. That's true. That's true. Uh, but yeah, Thomas Partey has come up big for Arsenal. Uh, McGinn with a chance at sixty minutes, just curls wide. Watkins hitting the post on deflection. Um, and then kind of to close out, a bunch of shots in the last 20 for Villa, but nothing really going. And the passing really, really kind of showed as yeah. it was fading uh, as the game went along. Um, anything else you wanted to note about this one? I just, overall, it was disappointing from Villa. I I expected more, more of a, a threat out of them. You know, I looked at the match on on the schedule and I thought this is going to be a tough one for Arsenal. And it was Mm -hmm. a tough one for Arsenal, but I thought it was more a tough one for Arsenal because you could tell that they weren't necessarily firing on all cylinders and it was more of a grind it out rather than, oh, we're like weathering the storm that Villa is throwing upon us. That's fair. Yeah, And, and it was just disappointing to see Villa after their you know, past performances, they've kind of stepped it up lately, and I thought that didn't really show in this match. Yeah, eventually it, it fades. Like I said, it's kind of like, uh, you know, certain mid-table Premier League teams are like UFC fighters getting hyped up in terms of where it's like mm-hmm. they get some wins going, and then they get, and you're like, oh, this guy, this guy, and then they lose one, and then it just yeah. falls off. I mean, that's just, <clears throat> Villa have a lot of quality, but it's a matter of stringing that quality out longer stretches because we've seen them they'll win like three or four games and then they lose three or four games so it's like you got to figure out a way to whether it's adjusting personnel each game to the best of your abilities stevie g um or just players executing better which was probably the case in this one i guess specifically i like i said buendia and continue. Yeah. I don't really ever blame strikers a ton in terms of if they're not getting involved because it's, mm-hmm. I mean, you need some semblance of service for the most part. Right. So I can't put too much blame on Watkins, but. Yeah, I think there there can't be a more hot and cold player right now than Coutinho. Like when he's on, he's looked amazing, but yeah. when he's off, he's just kind of been invisible. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So Arsenal, uh, another good victory against the mid-table sides if they have done really well to get points from this season whereas last season they kind of struggled with those games but 
Yeah. Moving on. Next game, the Sunday games. Um, or is it one game? I don't was know. It, it was two games. Yeah, Leicester, Brentford. That's right. To the lineups. Accidentally closed out of the window. <laughs> to the lineups. Schmeichel, James, Justin, Soyonshu, Amarte, Castagna, Barnes, Telemans, Madison, Mendy, Dews, Burry, Hall, Iannaccio. Uh, as far as Brentford go, we got Raya, Ayer, Henry, Pennock, Jensen, Norgard, Jensen, Wisa, and Buemo, Yenalt, and Tony. So Leicester going with just the one striker again, really loading up the midfield. I guess, you know, there is a somewhat semblance of balance in terms of you have the one main attack guy in Barnes, you have two guys that are a little more defensive-minded in Mendy and Dewsbury Hall. Madison's going to have to be kind of on his own wing, just opposite of Barnes Mm -hmm. in attack. So you got two, well, I guess four guys in terms of their, they have their uh, certain play style, and then you have Tielemans, who's kind of a nice balance uh, in there. And the defense is, is a lot better, you know, getting Justin in there and Castagna. Yeah, they're... Their fullbacks this year have been like sneaky big time issue at Leicester. Mm-hmm. Um, you might just say the defense in general, but I, I think a lot of it comes down to no stability at fullbacks. Last year is just you rock the back three and you have Pereira and stuff be a little more forward as wingbacks, but this year that's not mm-hmm. the case because that's clearly not what's working. Um, and they can't even scrap together three <laughs> center backs. That is also true. Uh, to the game. Chances for both teams. Uh, and Buemo probably had the best chance early on, but didn't get the shot off. Uh, he had a lot of chances this game in terms of getting in the right spots, but not doing the best with the chances. Yeah, um, I thought I thought that chance in the 16th minute, I thought that was a good good shout for a penalty there that didn't really get mm-hmm. noticed. Yeah, Soyuncu kind of just crashed mm-hmm. into him, but... I think the fact that there were two Leicester defenders and he kind of just went into them and I yeah. think that kind of helped. Didn't, but yeah, it didn't if, help if you case. slow it down, there is some contact there on Mbomo. Yeah. Uh, a lot of this game is midfield kind of just breaking each other's attacks, but the attacks couldn't really break down the opposition's defense. Mm-hmm. So kind of struggling to break that last level uh, of the opposition but finally we get a goal mr castagna with a curler uh you know it's kind of weird because brentford had numbers out wide and they put two on barnes and barnes able to kind of make the right dribble move lays it off castagna castagna one-on-one not able to close out gets that curler off yeah well what are you gonna do when castagna hits a world on you <laughs> not mean, much even he was in disbelief that that one went in yeah that was a beauty yeah, feels bad for David Raya. Um, Jensen with a chance after the Leicester City goal. Um, kind of strange. It's you know Brentford still doing their kind of where they hoof it up, feel a little bit, and then they'll maybe string a pass or two together, mm-hmm. or they'll just even like a dribble move to where it, it gets them further down the field. But then they, you know, the ball will go out, and then they get into their long throws and set pieces and stuff. Yeah. Um, this one very much like that. Long ball forward, a couple passes, results in a Jensen shot. Um, 
Yeah, I thought they were doing Saved. a decent job of getting the ball kind of in dangerous areas, but then once they did that, it was kind of like, eh, we don't have anything left. Yeah. You could see the quality and drop off again with no Erickson out there this time. Yeah. Um, yeah, I thought they were really overloading the um, Justin side. Mainly because, well, I guess not mainly because you have Barnes on the other side, but Madison on this one, mm-hmm. it's who do you want to attack? Who's not going to have as high of a work rate, Madison or Barnes? You'd probably say Madison, and that was yeah. kind of the case in this one. He's just not able to get out wide and help Justin as much, so they're able to kind of mm-hmm. exploit that a bit. Then we get a second goal. James Madison with a second worldie of the game. Just amazing free kick. Nothing Raya can do. Beautiful free kick. That is James Madison at his best. You love to see those kinds of goals. And I'm sure James Madison loves to see those goals too. The season he has had kind of up and down, but that one was an up. Mm -hmm. Would you say this was an improvement on last year? Downtrend or the same? First half... Definitely downtrend. Second half, more on par with last season, but I yeah. still feel like there's some there not to be desired quite at the same level, but it's closer. Yeah, I feel you on that. Um, second half, Ianacho, big time chance. Um, yeah, that was a terrible chip. <laughs> yeah, that was. <laughs> it went wide. That that was pretty bad to say the least. Yeah, maybe maybe forego the chips for a while. You know, maybe <laughs> I don't just know. It like curled wide too. That was the weird thing about it. Yeah, it was bad. Um, Jansen with another big chance, or no, not Jansen this time. Oh yeah, Jansen, not Jansen, 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 Jansen. Yeah, I it auto corrected on my phone to something similar to that, so I was thrown up. Uh, yeah, Pontius, Mister Pontius. Yeah. The header, big save, Schmeichel. Yeah, Schmeichel was coming up big in this game for Leicester. Yeah, last few games he's kind of turning it on, which is strange because, you know, they're really, in a way, kind of leaving him out to dry with the poor defense early, yeah. and they're still doing that. But yet he's able to play better now than he was earlier in the year. Yeah. I'm not sure. Um, and Boimo also had a point-blank header saved. Yeah. I mean, it's one of those where it's tough to say, like, you should score because Schmeichel is always in a good spot to save it, mm-hmm. but you're so close at the same point. It's like, how do you not score? Yeah, just got to get it to one side or the other, but he hits it right at him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it felt like, to me, I had a note where it's like, Brentford's eventually going to score. Like, this Leicester defense is not able to hold. Mm-hmm. With that said, Lester gained more control and created the best chances for um, about, what, 65 to 80th minute or so. They had a nice little stretch there. Mm-hmm. They were able to hold the ball. Eventually, Sam's guy, Wisa. Wisa, the guy who can play, like, garbage for the whole game and then just <laughs> <laughs> pop up out of nowhere pop and a nice and... curler. Yeah. So it finishes 2-1. Leicester, solid victory. Maybe build something here mm-hmm. in terms of going into next year and stuff, kind of figure out, okay, this worked for us at the end of last year. We'll have to maybe try and apply it yeah. to next season. As far as Brentford go, 
you know, you want to get as much points to for sure guarantee safety because I guess you're technically not out of it yet. But, mm-hmm. you know, and I don't know how, how safe it is to just put all your hopes and dreams in Christian Erickson. Yeah. But uh, you definitely could tell they weren't playing as well without him out there today. Yeah, I think the disappointment wasn't the fact that they lost. I think it was the fact that they had a good amount of chances, but they just utterly failed to convert those chances. And they didn't play great, but they could have got a result out of the game. They could have got that's what a draw. That's what they're doing earlier this year. Mm-hmm. Um, leaving it to the death to do something miraculous, them and Brighton for the most part. But uh, yeah, yeah, now it's they're lacking that quality to get the last one. Yeah, especially in this game, I was really looking to see, oh, can they exploit how poor Leicester has been on set pieces? Because that's yeah. kind of been a strength for Brentford scoring on set pieces. But the counter, the counterintuitive play that is the Premier League. One team really good <clears throat> at set pieces. I mean, they had a stat up during the game that was like half of Brentford's goals are from set pieces. Mm-hmm. And... uh Leicester, as we all know, stink at defending headers. Yes. Um, and specifically just set pieces in general. So Yeah. Moving on. Moving on to the last game, another London Derby, Tottenham versus West Ham. Into the lineups we go. As they load in for Tottenham. Loris, Romero, Dyer, Davies, Doherty, Regulon, Hoiberg, Bentancur. Son, Kane, and Kulishevsky. So nothing new there. Pretty much standard Tottenham lineup here. As for West Ham. As for here, we got your standard Tottenham lineup right here. We got right your here. standard <laughs> Tottenham lineup here. Sam, like, showing a card to, like, someone. <laughs> this model right here, it's not the most beautiful, but it gets you there. Tottenham Hotspur. It's the sixth best option. It's the Nissan Pilot. Honda Pilot. Honda Pilot. No, it's, not Honda. Honda. It's, it's worth Yeah, I think you're closer to Nissan. It's like a Nissan Rogue, Nissan Altima. Yeah, it's like, yeah, it's okay. It's not bad by any means, but it's not going to. Well, then it's Honda Pilot. It knock is your Honda. socks off. It's I, Honda Pilot. It's kind of like, it's kinda like a nice minivan, you know? It's yeah. like, it's effective. The Honda Odyssey. But yeah, don't enjoy it. <laughs> Unless you're dead. Yeah, then you're Dad's like, status out here. look at all this space we got in the back <laughs> and the chair swivel. The chair swivel. And Antonio Conte is the dad piloting the... Let me tell you about swiveling. West Ham's defense in this game is swiveling. The yeah. cat kicker. West Ham, we got Fabianski, Cresswell, Kurt the cat kicker, Zuma, Craig Dawson, Masuaku, Suzchek, Ben Johnson, Rice, Antonio, Lanzini, and Mr. Ben Rama. Getting into this game, Tottenham get off to a nice early start. Ninth minute, Doherty wins the ball high up the pitch. Just poor defending. I can't remember if it was, uh, or not poor defending, poor possession by, um, I, I think it was Masuaku, but it might have been, um, it might have been Lanzini. I'm not sure, but either way, it was poor possession by West Ham. Doherty doing a nice job winning the ball getting it up to Kane rolls it across to Sun ooh uh oh Mr. 
Kurt Cat Kicker Zuma. He thought the ball was a cat, and he's like, I'm going to put the cat in the net I'm going to put the cat in the net. (laughs) We need a Photoshop (laughs) of that right now. Um, Yeah, I mean, I feel like Tottenham this year have had a few of these where it's like they put teams in a position to where it's like it's going to be a goal if you don't do anything, but if you do something, it's just going to be an own goal. Yeah. I feel like they have like at least three to five of those this year. Mm -hmm. Yeah. West Ham just really poor possession out of the back. Yeah, tenth uh, minute, Antonio has a great chance, but it goes wide. Just kind of been how Talk that's about going guys Falling off. What happened? Yeah, he is. He is ice cold. Yeah, he, Mikel Antonio. Come on, you gotta get it going. I mean, I wonder if there's like an undisclosed injury or something that's keeping him. You know, because he has injury problems, he's trying to play through it or something. I don't know, but this mm. is like. He just Un- lost his mojo. Yeah, we have not seen him be this bad in a long time. And then it goes down to the other end, and Son has a shot hit off the post after a nice break from Kulishevsky. So a wild couple of minutes there. Tottenham get the goal, and then West Ham go to the other end, and then Tottenham go down to the other end. Yeah, I forget who Tottenham was playing, but Kulishevsky had a rough game a couple of games ago. Now it seems like he's kind of back. Didn't do a ton mm-hmm. in the Brighton game, but had one or two moments um, this game. Yeah. Seem to play better. Yeah, for sure. 24th minute, Sun scores after a marvelous ball from Harry Kane. That's kind of what we're talking about. Harry Kane at his best when he's dropping down into the number 10 spot. Can pick a nice pass for Sun to get in behind and score. Um, That's what he do. It was a nice finish, too, from Sun. West Ham are able to pull one back before half. Pretty vital. Um, the man in form, Mr. Ben Rama. Yeah, Ben Rama's kind of come back after he was slumping for a while. Yeah, slumping, and then he was relegated to the bench, and mm-hmm. now he's back. Yeah, I mean, this one, it fell nicely to him. Nice head-on from Dawson at the near post, but he did well to hit it first time and score. Uh, goes into halftime, 2-1. Spurs looking dangerous on the counter. But they have shown some defensive lapses, and, you know, there is potential for West Ham to score another goal. 54th minute stoppage for a scuffle, and then there's also more protesters trying to attach themselves. It's like every game someone was trying to freaking attach themselves to the post. Yes. (laughs) And it was just like clockwork, like second (laughs) half, like someone runs out of the field and then they started expecting it so about the same time too yeah um tottenham gaining control of the game which is kind of strange you wouldn't think that but yeah i mean west ham down tottenham kind of generally like to play in the counter but Mm -hmm. west ham just really off this one yeah 80th minute we were talking about how good kane has been lately but this one was a bad miss as Hoiberg plays a wonderful ball through to him, but he fires over. That's one you'd really expect him to score. 88th minute, Sun seals the deal for all three points as Kane, with the nice through ball header, gets it past the West Ham back line, who, like you said, were looking a little shaky this game. And Spurs pick up... All three points, not the most convincing performance again from Tottenham. They didn't have to work too hard for it, but they got the job done. Yeah, it's one of those things. It's like Tottenham have a 
you know, they, they reach a certain level at times and it's not like super impressive, but they do enough to get the job done. Um, that being the case against the poor West Ham side and a poor Brighton side. it's like, you know, when Tottenham doesn't wow you, but they get it done enough. Yeah. So, and that's really all they got going for him to keep him in this race is to get these results. doesn't matter how the performance is. Yeah, that's a big win against West Ham, fellow top four rival. Yeah, West Ham kind of crap in the bed in this one. Mm-hmm. They kind of blew it against the Liverpool game too. You've got to feel like it's slipping away from West Ham at this point. Yeah, it definitely feels like it. Uh, I mean, the... I think we're kind of justified in saying the depth was always going to be an issue for West Ham. Yeah, especially since they're making this Europa League run. It's one thing if they got bounced semi-early, you know, you make mm-hmm. the push for Champions League. But if you're going to go yeah. the Europa League route too, that's that's really tough. Yeah, that can be a really grueling schedule when you're playing on Thursdays and then you play on the weekend. Not to mention you've been relying on Dawson for virtually what seems like the whole year, and he was your third choice center back coming into the year mm-hmm. so that's yeah. always tough yeah some big injuries and then not to mention antonio just dropping off completely in yeah. the second half of the Dis- season disappearing to say the least and not having your best player on the season jared bowen yeah he's not in the lineup so that was tough yeah missing with a foot injury maybe and you hate to be cat. doom and gloom, but you might have next year to kind of have another run at it. After that, more than likely, it's going to be, I would assume, broken up in some capacity, whether it's Rice leaves, yeah. whether it's Bowen leaves. Yeah, for um, sure. So, we'll see. Anything else, or should we get to the team of the week? Yeah, just one last point on West Ham, since you brought up them potentially being broken up. I saw, you know... Some teams are interested in in uh, Rice, Chelsea, which I don't know how they're going to buy Rice when they're under sanctions. You never, never ask questions about Chelsea. They somehow always come through for no reason. Yeah, and then it was, I forget which other team, if it was City. United. Or... I saw United linked. Yeah. Um, ultimately, they said the price tag was 150 million pounds. Uh-huh. Um, so it'd, it'd probably be, fair. <laughs> be interesting to see, do West Ham decide to cash in or is it more valuable to keep him along for another season? You know, if they could get top four, it would be worth it. But mm-hmm. otherwise, another season where they get Europa League, you might as well cash out on, on Rice. Yeah, you'd think so. so. But then you're in the villa spot of how do you replace that guy? You right. replace him probably with multiple parts, and it's like who knows how that goes. But then yeah. again... That's kind of what you need is a little more depth, but it's like at the sake of Declan Rice. Oof, tough. But when you have a chance of getting that much money out of a player, hard to pass up. To say the least. To the team of the week. Should be an interesting one. (laughs) It really is because we had – I was debating Schmeichel, but then I couldn't do it. I had to go with Begovich. That's fair. Six saves, clean sheet. Came up big. Yeah. Um, back three of Castagna, Romero, Robertson, midfield of Partey, Montinho, McGinn, Harrison, and a front three of Trincao, Kane, and Son. It really is a Wait, what whack. was your back line? It was a sad back three of Castagna, Romero, Robertson. I didn't oh. like any center back performances this week. It was either teams were like so in control the center backs didn't have to do much or 
you conceded three goals. Yeah. <laughs> so it was, it was kind of a tough spot to be in. Um, but midfield, again, Partey, Montinho, McGinn, Harrison. Front three, Trincao, Kane, and Son. Like I, I think saying, I might have thrown in Luke Ayling in there. but Yeah. I thought about it, but what are you going to do? What are you going to do? We got we got Harrison in there for Leeds. Um, yeah, I it, it really is kind of a wacky one when there's multiple Tottenham players in there and Asmir Begovic <laughs> and a Wolves attacking player. Yeah. What are you going to do? Um, that's it for this podcast. International break. Oh, my gosh. We'll be back with your morning headline talking points podcast that everyone loves more car sales of the premier league teams yeah pretty much <laughs> if every if every premier league team was, was a car, car what kind of car would it be <laughs> yeah it's like a buzzfeed quiz on <laughs> premier league yeah. teams but for guys so it's cool yeah it's cool it's cool cars muscle cars room room yeah until then adios adios mis amigos see you next week for our last international break roundup of the season. Forever. <laughs> Forever. <laughs> yeah, I was looking at the schedule. I mean, we can pot any time.